from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome. Good to have you with us for this Wednesday edition of Washington Watch. Coming up earlier today, President Biden was at the United Nations where he had this to say. In the last year, our world has experienced great upheaval. A growing crisis in food insecurity, record heat, floods and droughts, COVID-19, inflation, and a brutal, needless war. Secretary General of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres, started the 77th session of the General Assembly yesterday with a similar tone of doom. Let's have no illusions. We are in rough seas. A winter of global discontent is on the horizon. A cost-of-living crisis is raging. Trust is crumbling. Inequalities are exploding. And our planet is burning. And guess what the remedy is? Can you, can you guess? What is the course to overcome these insurmountable challenges? Well, of course, it's to give government more money and power. Well, adding to the uncertainty here at home, the chairman of the Federal Reserve made this announcement earlier this afternoon. Today, the FOMC raised its policy interest rate by three-quarters of a percentage point, and we anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate. Well, that announcement has many economists saying the risk of recession is growing just as fast as inflation. We'll discuss this and more with South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. We'll also get the details on a measure he introduced this week that would stop abortions nationwide here in America at the point that a baby feels pain. He says this is not the end of the debate, but simply the beginning in post-Dobbs America. And speaking of protecting life, remember this rant against crisis pregnancy centers by Senator Elizabeth Warren? We need to shut them down here in Massachusetts, and we need to shut them down all around the country. You should not be able to torture a pregnant person like that. Torture a pregnant person? Well, first, it's a pregnant woman. And giving her prenatal care, giving her a true choice, and then walking alongside her during pregnancy, that's torture? Well, no doubt, inspired by Warren and the left, there have been over 70 attacks. All right, did you hear me? 70 attacks on care pregnancy centers and other pro-life groups since May. Now, pro-life leaders in the House of Representatives have introduced legislation to protect these critically important ministries from the violence of the left. We'll talk with one of the bill's sponsors, Congressman Buddy Carter of Georgia, a little later here on Washington Watch. And military analysts are interpreting Russia President Vladimir Putin's latest moves as he announced he is drafting nearly 300,000 reservists and setting up referendums in four occupied regions of eastern Ukraine. Now, the question is, could this be a pretext to justify greater military escalation? We're going to talk about that later with General Jerry Boykin. We're also going to discuss a new book that he has out today, Strong and Courageous. You won't want to miss that conversation coming up later on this edition of Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you and contact information for our guest. The word for today comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 12. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him. You know, in this growing age of lawlessness and injustice, good people might be tempted to become discouraged and throw in the proverbial towel or to throw off restraint 
and join the crowd. You know what? We cannot do either one. As Solomon wisely wrote in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 4, he said this, Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. We contend with lawlessness and unjustness by pursuing justice and upholding righteousness. How do we do that in the midst of a culture that is not only indifferent to truth but hostile toward it? Well, by having an eternal perspective, knowing that it will be well for those who fear or reverence God by obeying him. To join us in this journey through the Bible, go to TonyPerkins.com. President Biden addressed the United Nations General Assembly this morning, touching on a host of global matters, including Iran's nuclear capability, saying the U.S. will not allow Iran to acquire a nuclear weapon. He spoke on the war in Ukraine, saying he worked to avert it. And he could not speak without touching on one of the Biden administration's top policy priorities, promoting abortion. The future will be won by those countries that unleash the full potential of their populations, where women and girls can exercise equal rights, including basic reproductive rights, and contribute fully to building a stronger economies and more resilient societies. So in his mind, having abortion builds a stronger economy. Joining me now by phone from Capitol Hill to discuss this and more is South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. He's the ranking member on the Senate Budget Committee and serves on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Senator Graham, welcome back to Washington Watch. Well, thank you. If Washington ever needed to be watched, it's right now. <laughs> well, you're watching. So give me your reaction to the president's uh, speech today to the United Nations. Well, so let's just break it down. I'm glad he, he he rallied the world to stand up on behalf of the Ukraine, to stand up to Putin, because if we don't stop him there, according to his own words, Putin, he wants to rewrite the map of the Europe. That was good. Uh, what he doesn't understand is if he does an Iran nuclear deal for the Iranian Ayatollah, who's a religious Nazi, will get $100 billion a year in new revenue over a 10-year period, that that's a disaster for the state of Israel and our Sunni Arab allies. The president doesn't understand that the Ayatollah of Iran has as his goal to purify Islam, to get Sunni Islam to bend to his knee as a Shiite, to destroy the state of Israel, and to make um, uh, Shia Islam the religion of the world. People didn't understand what Hitler wanted to do. I understand what the Ayatollah wants to do, and you would be a fool to give that regime $100 billion of new money a year to share with Hezbollah, a terrorist organization in Lebanon and other areas, and Hamas, a terrorist organization about to destroy Israel and Gaza. So I think President Biden is naive when it comes to terrorism. He withdrew from Afghanistan after 20 years of fighting. The Taliban are back in charge. If you care about women, Mr. President, why did you turn the women of Afghanistan back over to the Taliban who will treat them like chattel? As to the unborn, here's what I'm saying without any apology. The Republican Party has traditionally been the party of the unborn. To those who suggest that after Roe v. Wade's repeal, there is no voice for the unborn in Washington, that we're going to turn the nation's capital, capital over to the pro-abortion crowd, I will never agree to that. So I am calling on you and your listeners to rally the troops for the unborn in Washington to say that post-Roe v. Wade, we will allow states to set their own course up to a point, but at 15 weeks – 
in line with Europe, we're going to draw a line and stay and save babies from a painful death because at 15 weeks they can feel pain. Right. So what did I think about his speech? I think it was naive given the threats we face. If you do the Iran nuclear deal to give the Ayatollah this much money, he will share it with terrorist groups, and that will be a bad day for our friends in Israel. Well, Senator, you, you addressed a lot right there, and I want to try to break it down. I want to go back to Iran. But first, I want to take on the issue of the bill that you introduced, protecting mm -hmm. pain-capable unborn children from late-term abortions. Right. Now, I, I think it has, It's in this context of the president talking to the United Nations, I think it's fitting because 47 out of 50 <laughs> European nations actually limit effect, uh, elective abortions prior to this 15 weeks. So if the president wants to be in line just with Europe, he would say, yeah, this is a good starting point. Well, if you talk about you know, protecting women, I would assume that's young, young girls too, right? right? Little baby girls. So the pro-life movement is not about geography. It's about the rights of the unborn. It's not about an election cycle. It's all the time everywhere, right? So we should be advocating for the unborn all the time everywhere within reason. So what I have chosen is to pick a standard consistent with uh, the civilized world and trying to get Republicans to talk about the democratic position on abortion. Right. The democratic position is abortion on demand up to the moment of birth like China and North Korea. There are seven nations of the world in that category, and I'll, I do not want any part of America to have Chinese abortion practices. I want to draw a line in Washington to protect unborn babies from an excruciating death. Right. And I need our Republican colleagues to rally to the cause. There's nothing wrong with being pro-life, even in an election year. You and I have talked about this, Senator. I am, I am pro-life from the moment of conception forward. That's been my yes. position since I was elected to office and post-election. It hasn't changed. But I also understand that we have to build consensus, and we have to reach that point of national consensus. It's changed post-Roe, now that we're in this era of, uh, of Dobbs, after the Dobbs decision. 72% uh, of Americans agree we should limit abortion um, after 15 weeks. So yeah. this is not the end point, but the starting point, as I see it. It certainly is for me. I, I support your bill, but yeah. it's not it's not the end of the conversation. I want to continue moving. That's one of the reasons I was one of the first authors of an abortion clinic regulation act back in the late 90s. And people didn't think we should do that. But we've got to take steps to get where we need to go and build consensus. So I agree with your your actions. I just want to make sure people realize this is not the end of the conversation. Well, what I want, one, the reason I'm on your show is because your audience um, is really committed to the unborn. And my bill does not stop South Carolina or Oklahoma from doing more restrictive laws on abortion. It allows states to do what they would choose to do, but at 15 weeks, we want to draw a line for America. Okay, contrast that with the bill that the Democrats have passed through the House. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The bill the Democratic Party passed through the House 
allows abortion on demand as national law. It would set aside every pro-life law in the country in all 50 states and replace it with a national standard that would allow abortion on demand up to the moment of birth without restriction, making America like China and North Korea. So we're talking about like their position. We're talking about like parental notification, ultrasound laws, those things. So why is the media not making why is the media not talking about how radical Democrats are where they won't even they won't even agree to a line? Is it a day before birth? Is it a day after birth? They won't agree to go to the delivery. I mean, you'd be going to the delivery. I don't mean to make light of this, but, you know, you you know why the national media is not talking about it, because they're pro-abortion. They're cheering on. I mean, I got the crap beat out of me by the national media for introducing a national minimum standard of 15 weeks, one week more liberal than the French, with exceptions for rape, incest, life of the mother. Why? Because they don't want me to expose the Democratic Party's position on abortion, because if most Americans understood what they're trying to do nationally, it would hurt them. They, everybody thinks abortion is a great issue for the Democrats, not if you know what they want to do. They right. want to make a law for the land, the national standard abortion on demand up to the moment of birth with no restrictions. And making every American pay for it. Taxpayer funded. Thank you. I'm, you know, yeah. It's been a long day. Yeah, take your money and, and pay for it. So here's what I think. Right, Senator, yeah. Senator, we're up against yeah. a break. Hold that okay, thought. Go. We're going to come back on the other side of the break. We're going to continue our conversation with South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham, who this week introduced protecting pain-capable unborn children from late-term abortions. It's a starting point in this post-Dobbs world and post-Roe. It's not the end. Under this legislation, states can do as much as there's consensus that they can build. And, and of course, we encourage state legislators to do that. Anyway, stick around. We're going to continue our conversation after this. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, We are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. 
Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldviews monthly newsletter, visit frc.org slash worldview. Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Continuing our conversation with Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. He serves on four committees, including the Budget Committee, where he's the ranking member. All right, Senator, thanks for uh, stand, sticking around. I, I want to sure. so much I want to talk with you about. I want to get to the uh, to the announcement by the Fed that the interest rate is being raised. Yeah. But I want I want to finish on this issue of uh, of abortion of, of the pain capable bill, which you introduced, which would say after right. 15 weeks, when a child can feel pain. This is when there's uh, surgery in utero. There, the, the the standard is to give them uh, anesthesia because they do feel yeah. that pain, and so that's the cutoff here. That's it's yeah. look again. I'm going to restate what I said at the beginning. I support life from the moment of conception on, but I understand we have to bring the people along and we have to build consensus. Seventy-two percent of Americans agree that there should be a cutoff around this period. All so. Right. I'm a little concerned. You know, it took us 49 years to get here to see Roe overturned. Moving forward is going to be, I think, the same process, incremental, where we can build consensus. Well, one thing I want to say, Tony, the worst outcome for the pro-life movement in America is for the Republican Party to surrender Washington, D.C. to the pro-abortion crowd. Are you concerned that's happening? Yes. I, I wouldn't be on your show. I'm concerned that the state of Israel is going to have to act by itself against the Iranian nuclear threat because President Biden is naive about the Ayatollah. I'm concerned that if we don't watch it, we're going to lose our focus on Ukraine and stop Putin in Ukraine before he rewrites the map of Europe. I'm concerned that Taiwan will fall if we let Ukraine fall. I'm concerned that radical Islam will come through our broken border in the south and kill a bunch of us. But I'm also concerned about our nation as a whole and the pro-life movement. We won a great victory by overturning Roe. It would be a shame to not to waste that victory. So every state out there, you can do what you would like on abortion. You can go below 15 weeks. South Carolina will. Oklahoma will. A bunch of cases. Uh, states will be more pro-life right. than others. Right. But what I'm trying to do is to tell the country this is not transportation policy. States' rights – 
have to give away to human rights. I do not want to sit on the sideline as a nation and allow a baby to be aborted at 36 weeks in California and Oregon and Maryland without pushing back. I want votes in the nation's capital to have a minimum national standard to protect babies who feel pain. And, and again, I want to contrast this with what the pro-abortion left yes. is doing. They don't want the states to have a choice. They want right. a uniform pro-abortion policy from the moment of conception until birth. And some, actually, like in California, advocating post-birth. I mean, it's, it's insane. Yes. But there's no end to where we might end up if we disrespect the sanctity of, of human life. I need your help, Tony. I need your, I need your voice. I need the people calling their senators saying, draw a line in the sand in Washington, protect babies from an excruciating death that can feel pain. Do not let California and Oregon and those states have Chinese abortion policy. Let's draw a line. Let's be like the civilized world, not like China and North Korea. We'll do just that. You heard the senator, and I'm going to give out the uh, Senate switchboard number here in just a moment. Uh, senator, you're on the ranking member on uh, the, uh, yeah. the budget committee. The, yeah. the the Federal Reserve today announcing a three-quarter percent raise in interest rates. Yeah. This seems to be in contrast with the Biden administration spending more money in their so-called uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, I mean, the reason that the Fed is squeezing the economy is to try to cool it off, but the Democrats are putting more money into the economy. Tell, help uh, me okay. understand what's going on. Okay, the same people making monetary policy are the same people in control of your border. They tell you the border is secure. Well, that's crazy. We have 2 million people coming across our border illegally, 80 on the terrorist watch list. These are the same people who want to give the Ayatollah, who's a religious Nazi, $100 billion of new revenue every year on the hope he'll moderate his nuclear program. These people don't know what they're doing. When it comes to inflation, they've thrown gasoline on a fire. The Re American Rescue Plan was trillions of dollars of new spending that made inflation worse, right? right. So what's the Fed doing? Raising interest rates to, sh to cool off. Right. And we're going to suffer. Last year they told us that inflation was transitory. Me and right. you said, you know, the American Rescue Plan that passed along party lines would make inflation worse. The Inflation Reduction Act that passed a couple of months ago with 87,000 new IRS agents to come after everybody listening here is going to make things worse. They're taking – their policies are making inflation worse. The Federal Reserve has to act, and it's going to hurt the economy. They saw this coming. They'd rather spend money while they have power. Inflation be damned to get as many liberal programs as in place, mm -hmm. to create as many new government programs as possible at your expense. That's what this is about, power. All right, final question. We're almost out of time. You mentioned Iran, comparing that to, to the Nazis and Hitler. You yeah. know, Hitler told the world what he was going to do. Iran yeah. is doing the same thing. Why will we not believe them? Because we don't want to have to act. Uh, they marginalized what Hitler said because everybody was tired after World War One. We had millions of people killed in World War One. When it comes time to confront evil, it's better to excuse it than it is to confront it. No, it's not. God has told us, stand up, be accountable, right? Well, the people in, in, in the Iranian Ayatollah's orbit have the same uh, outcome for the Jewish people as the Nazis, and they want to kill you too. They want to bow. They want you to bow to their version of Islam. They want to wipe out 
faith as we know it and have a world religion. The Nazis wanted a master race. The Ayatollah wants a master religion. He says it over and over again, and I believe him, and I'm going to push back, and I'm going to stand with Israel. We live in dangerous, crazy, insane times. Thank you for having a voice. Help me with the unborn. Stand by Israel. We don't have to we don't have to repeat the mistakes of the past. You know why they give wars numbers? Because people don't learn anything. Right. So true. Senator Lindsey Graham, always great to uh, talk with you. you. Thank you for your leadership on Capitol Hill and I appreciate you joining us today. God bless. All right. Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. Look, look, I think the moral issues here at home, the lack of the sanctity of human life, the lawlessness that we allow to run rampant, I say we, our government, you know, that's really at the heart. And if we don't get that right, the foreign policy is not going to be right. We, these are core issues. And, and I, I support what Senator Graham is doing from a standpoint of this is a starting point of building consensus, moving forward till America is once again a pro-life nation. We've got to work, you know, taking inch by inch. We cannot give up. All right, folks, don't go away. More Washington Watch after this. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you uh, with us. All right, the the, uh, Senate switchboard, I said I was going to give that out so you can call and encourage your two senators to, uh, look, draw a line. Draw a line. This is a starting point. If they want to do more, tell them to do more. I'd like to see them do more. But at least 
at a point where a baby feels pain, can't we not build consensus and work from there? Senate switchboard number 202-224-3121, 202-224-3121. It is the pain-capable unborn children's bill. It's, uh, it's basically 15 weeks at that point when a child feels pain, no more abortion. Since the uh, May 1st leak of the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade, at least 70 pro-life pregnancy centers have been attacked with vandalism, graffiti, and even firebombing. Now, despite such violence, the response from the Department of Justice has been, well, that's it, pretty much crickets. It's uh, it's non-existent, leading uh, many to conclude that stopping such violence is clearly not a priority. This week, House Republicans sought to counter such inaction by introducing the Protect Pregnancy Care Centers Act. Driven out to discuss this bill and more is a co-sponsor of the bill, Congressman Buddy Carter. He serves on the House Budget Committee and the House Committee on Energy, and uh, he represents Georgia's 1st Congressional District. Congressman Carter, welcome back to Washington Watch. No, thank you for having me. All right. I'm going to let you speak to this. Why is this so necessary? Well, it's necessary because women deserve to have access to health care. They deserve to have uh, knowledge to the education and, and access to the education that they uh, that there are options available to them and that abortion is not the only option. And, and that's what pregnancy care centers do. Uh, you know, there are over 6,000 pregnancy care centers in America, and they've served over 2 million patients. And and, and this reveals to us the humanity of the pro-life movement. Right. We're, we're trying to help them to understand that that they do have an option here. So, Congressman, you know, Senator Warren went on a rant against uh, care pregnancy centers, actually has introduced legislation to shut them all down. Uh, two questions for you. One, isn't that an extreme position to shut down these nonprofit centers wanting to care for women? And then secondly, isn't that kind of rhetoric contributing to this atmosphere of violence? Yes and yes. I mean, you know, wanting to shut down these centers that are out there to serve and out there to to give access to health care. I mean, yeah, the Democrats are accusing the Republicans of wanting to limit access to health care. It's just the opposite. It, this is a, a case where the Democrats are trying to to limit access to health care. We need pregnancy care centers. We need them there to to help um, provide information for, for patients, for, for mothers, expectant mothers, and, and, and for making sure that the unborn is, is, is noticed here and that they are taken care of. That's what pregnancy care centers are for. And yes, her rhetoric and her introducing this legislation is what's leading to these violent attacks by groups such as Jane's Revenge on these pregnancy care centers. Uh, Congressman, speaking of uh, extreme, before coming to Congress, you were a pharmacist, and recently you were on C-SPAN's Washington Journal, and you were attacked by callers from the left simply because you said pharmacists shouldn't be forced to dispense drugs that can end a human life. Exactly. I mean, look, if the federal government's going to interject uh, themselves into the patient-pharmacist-doctor relationship, then you might as well do away with pharmacists and just put in vending machines. I mean, we are trained as pharmacists to do no harm. 
when I'm treating a patient as, as a pharmacist, when I'm treating a patient who is pregnant, I'm treating two patients. I'm treating that mother and that child. And I have to take that in consideration. One of my uh, primary responsibilities when a mother comes in and gets a prescription is to warn her if this medication is going to have any side effects, any ill effects toward her child, and if it's safe to take during pregnancy. And yet here's the federal government that wants to force a pharmacist against their moral or conscious objection to, to fill a prescription that they know is going to cause an abortion. That's simply ridiculous. But it would seem that the, the, the American public would be I mean, if you were accommodating and say, you know, we shouldn't be forced to do things that we have moral objections to. But, you know, that was not the case when you were on C-SPAN. And, and by the way, I'm going to be on C-SPAN myself Friday morning. Uh, any pointers for me? <laughs> Wear your flap jacket. <laughs> <laughs> well, Congressman, I appreciate your leadership and thank you for uh, standing firm and not yielding, even though we're seeing the increasing Rhetoric of the left, as you said, leading to violence and hostility. We have to continue to stand for truth nonetheless. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right. Congressman Buddy Carter of Georgia. To find out more, go to the website, TonyPerkins.com. Again, let me give you that uh, switchboard number for the Senate. It's 202-224-3121. It's uh, Protecting Pain-Capable Unborn Children from Late-Term Abortions Act. Uh, Lindsey Graham is the author. And look, again, it's a starting point. It is not the end of the conversation. But right now, as uh, Senator Graham said, you know, a lot of Republicans running from the issue. They need to be able to say, look, this is a place where there's consensus. I personally am, am, am going to work f- to protect life from the moment of conception forward. But here we have 72 percent of Americans for this. I'm going to start here. Where are those on the left willing to start? Day before birth? Day after birth? I think that will show who is really extreme in this debate. I think it's time to be on the offense on this issue of the sanctity of human life. We have no apologies to make. All right. Coming up next, I'll discuss a new book with... None other than Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. We're also going to take a look at what's happening in Ukraine and continue our conversation on Iran. All that and more next on Washington Watch. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. 
It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, TonyPerkins.com. And if you missed that switchboard number, let me give it to you again, 202-224-3121. All right. Our own general, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, has a new book out today. It's entitled Strong and Courageous. It's a book about the Marine Corps. Oh, my goodness. General, welcome back to... Welcome back to the program. That's a little humor there. It's actually based on the biblical book of Joshua. It's uh, one of General Boykin's favorite books in the Bible and explores the five principles of biblical manhood in a thoughtful and engaging manner. General, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. I'm still I'm still trying to shake that Marine Corps comment. So this uh, is going to be a part of the Stand Courageous Men's Conferences that we're, that yeah. the FRC is doing. Yeah, it is. Uh, we started our men's conferences uh, two or three years ago with uh, the prequel to this book, right. which was Man to Man, where we identified the five things a man is supposed to be biblically. And now we're going to switch, and uh, this will be the next phase of those men's conferences And as we use this book, because this actually gives you some very good biblical examples of a man who lived every one of those five it's principles. A, it's a great, great book, the book of Joshua. I haven't read this one yet, but I'm sure it's a great book, too. You and uh, Dr. Keenan Curitan, uh, who is on our team here. And, and he's, by the way, he is an incredible uh, theologian oh, yeah. and historian and historian. Yeah, he's he's he does some excellent work. So this uh, is a part of the Stand Courageous Men's Conference, which, by the way, well, before I go to that, people can get a copy of this book, though. You don't have to come to a conference to get it. It's available out today. So today you can get a copy of this book. 
You can get a copy of this book by going to FRC's website, and uh, and you can also go to Amazon or wherever books are sold. All right, so stand or a regular strong, strong, courageous, a call to strong and courageous, a call to biblical manhood. Thinking of Stand Courageous, which is coming up in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, October the 8th. So that's just around the corner. So, men, if you're in the area, and I know we were just there with our Pray Vote Stand Summit. In fact, we, General, you were there. You were one of the speakers. Pastor Gary Hamrick was one of our speakers. He's going to be one of our speakers at the men's conference, Stand Courageous. We're also going to have uh, Frank, Pastor Frank Cox. We're going to have uh, Bishop Larry Jackson will be there. And uh, Stu Weber. My battle buddy. Yeah, that's right. Your battle buddy is going to be there. Coming all the way from uh, Oregon to be with us there. And uh, long time with Promise Keepers. He and uh, Bishop Jackson were both with Promise Keepers for 20 years. So that's Saturday, October the 8th, beginning uh, at 7 a.m., actually 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can find out more by going to standcourageous.com. Com or just go to TonyPerkins.com and follow the links over. But, men, now's the time to register and be a part of the Stand Courageous Conference in October in Atlanta, October 8th, coming up just around the corner. All right, General, uh, I want to talk about some of the uh, issues that came up today at the United Nations. In fact, uh, the president, President Biden, they're speaking, uh, really touching on a number of global issues I want to go first to one that you and I have talked about quite a bit. I talked about this earlier with uh, Senator Graham, and that is Iran. Uh, Play clip number nine, please. While the United States is prepared for a mutual return to the joint comprehensive plan of action, if Iran steps up to its obligations, the United States is clear. We will not allow Iran to acquire a nuclear weapon. I continue to believe that diplomacy is the best way to achieve this outcome. The nonproliferation regime is one of the greatest successes of this institution. The clock is ticking. I actually um, had lunch this afternoon with an ambassador. I'm not going to mention the country, uh, but is very concerned about where these negotiations are going and that, in fact, they're going nowhere. And... We're actually seeing human rights, the human rights situation in Iran worsen. We're ignoring it in pursuit of an agreement that, frankly, is meaningless. Yeah, and if Soleimani was still alive, there would probably be another 15,000 bodies in the streets of Tehran right now because the people are fed up with their government. And I talked to a missionary that uh, operates underground in in Iran, and uh, and he and his wife both. Uh, they they said the people are so fed up with the government that they have there that they want to fight back. So why are we propping them up, engaging in these negotiations? Well, it goes back as the same policy that uh, Mr. Obama had. Remember, we we sent them millions of dollars in cash. You know, we, right? Yeah, to, for exchange of hostages and. Uh, and that's what we're doing again, lifting the sanctions and, and, and giving them money in their coffers to build those nuclear weapons that they've been uh, trying to build for probably a decade and a half. So earlier, Senator Graham was talking about this and the threats that Iran is making, that they will destroy Israel. Mm-hmm. We're, we have an administration that's acting like, well, they're just kind of joking. 
the administration doesn't understand the mindset of a, a Shia Twelver, those within Islam who believe that their Messiah will not return until the world is in bloodshed and chaos, and is there a better way to create bloodshed and chaos? Is that because we have an administration that is dominated by people who think religion is just something that that people do on the weekends, but it has no direct impact on their lives? I think that's a large part of it, and I think that that they kind of see us as like like the Muslims that it's a farce to begin with, but we believe it, and therefore so th- they're going to exploit it. See, I think they look at this like we have a president, we have a Speaker of the House, both claim to be Catholic. Catholic teaching on abortion is that it is immoral, it's wrong. They claim to be Catholic, but they are aggressively promoting abortion. But their religion doesn't impact their policy. I think that's the, th- that is the handicap that America has under people who see religion not as something that gives instruction to our lives, but just something that people do if they feel like it. Right. And it's look, that's one of the reasons that we've put so much time and effort into trying to develop the center for the biblical worldview. You can't have a biblical worldview and not see the evil that prevails in, in, in the world today, uh, with the abortion certainly being one of those. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo made very clear, in fact, in his first speech, I believe he went to Cairo and made this speech about how he was a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, and how that influenced him in his decisions. That actually bolstered his standing globally because people said, all right, here's another guy, religion, a different religion, but he actually believes what he says. Yeah, and and I heard him say that, and I think he made a very good point that... uh, that they knew he was the real deal. If he was willing to go and and and, and announce himself as a Bible believing Christian, then that showed a, a level of courage that they didn't see in all the American diplomats. All right, General, I'm going to play a clip from President Biden today at the United Nations as it pertains to Israel. Let's uh, play clip number eight, please. The United States is committed to Israel's security. Full stop. And a negotiated two-state solution remains, in our view, the best way to ensure Israel's security and prosperity for the future and give the Palestinians the state to which they are entitled. All right, so how can you facilitate Iran having a nuclear weapon and more funding for terrorism, want to give the Palestinians their own state within this small geographical area that Israel has and claim that you are committed to Israel's security full stop. Yeah, well, you can't. We need to remember that the so-called Palestinians, which, by the way, Jews were Palestinians at one time. Right. But you can't, uh, you, you need to understand that the people that we call the Palestinians that live as citizens in Israel today have With the greatest rights. freedoms yeah. of any Islamic group in the world. They actually were a part of the governing coalition just recently in Israel in the parliament. That's exactly right. And uh, when you when you get one-on-one with many of them, and I have done so, and I know you have too, they will tell you that, that they don't want a two-state solution. They don't want to be under the Palestinian Authority. Exactly. That's for certain. That's exactly um, Look, what you, what you get is Hamas and Fatah. That, that's who governs those Palestinian areas, the Gaza Strip and the 
so-called West Bank, which is Judea and Samaria. That's who governs them. They're both terrorist organizations. The good news, Israel is not alone when we look at this issue of Iran. I mean, Iran is very close. If this time, I mentioned the clock is ticking on whether or not this agreement just dies and the negotiations stop. But Iran is also very close to a breakout where they will have That's full right. capabilities. But there are other countries beside Israel in the Middle East that are very concerned about this. Every Gulf country, even uh, those that have a predominantly uh, Shia population there, they're all concerned about it. Saudi Arabia is probably their biggest target outside of Israel. And as one former Muslim told me, if they have one missile, it goes to Israel. If they have two, the second one goes to Saudi Arabia. They hate Saudi Arabia, and Saudi Arabia hates them. And the most of those Persian Gulf countries uh, are very much concerned about them having a bomb. So lacking United States leadership at this point, but you have residual benefit from the Trump administration. We just celebrated the anniversary of the Abraham Accords. So you actually have a much closer open. It, it's been there for a long time, especially among the intelligence agencies. They've been working together. But now you have this open relationship between Israel and these uh, predominantly Muslim countries in the Middle East. You think you would ever see that? I mean, I, I, I certainly didn't. I mean, it was a combination, I think, of the, the Trump administration but it was also the Times, and it was the exterior threat of Iran that kind of made them a common enemy. So they had to find some common allies. And I won't get into prophecy, but if you look at Ezekiel 38 and 39, it talks about a time when Israel is at peace. Right. A time when it is living at peace. So I think we've got to watch what's happening over there very carefully. We can We can no longer just take for granted that we're going to be told what we need to know. We need to watch right. it ourselves and, and, and go back to the word. But we're at a point, if Iran enters that point of having the capabilities, yeah. I, mean, I think we're at, uh, at a, somebody's going to have to act. There's going to see some, something has to happen to stop them from having that capability. And, and let's, let's, let's guess who that might be. Well, it's not going to be. It's not going to I'll be. tell you what, though, Tony, if America does not support Israel, if they do make a preemptive strike and America does not support them, I, I, I just can't think of what our future might be because no matter what people say, uh, I think Genesis 12.3 is absolutely as appropriate today as it was when it was written. You know, I'm not into predictions, but I am into watching what is happening on the global stage. I th I would not be surprised to see something between now and the election, because that's when the administration is going to be vulnerable and certainly would not want to cross Israel if Israel has to take preemptive action. I agree with you. And I, I think also, though, that uh, I think that uh, the whole world sees us as being a weak country with weak leadership right now. And I think that they're exploiting that. I think Russia would never have gone into Ukraine had, it, had Donald Trump still been Agreed. in office. And I don't think that the Chinese would be rattling their sabers the way they are. And I think the same thing applies to Iran. I think if Iran's going to do anything, they're going to try to do it before we change administration, because the next administration... Uh, surely will not be as weak as this administration. And I think we're going to see probably a, a real leader emerge 
in the next administration. All right, one more clip I'm going to play before we run out of time. Uh, clip number five. Now, it's no secret that in the contest between democracy and autocracy, the United States and I as president champion a vision for our world as grounded in the values of democracy. The United States is determined to defend and strengthen democracy at home and around the world. General? Is this the same guy that just called half of the American electorate terrorist? But but he wants democracy to prevail because he is the champion of democracy. This is hypocrisy. Not democracy, it's hypocrisy. Well, it was on the world stage today at uh, the United Nations. I, look, this goes back to the importance of elections. And this is why Christians need to be registered, they need to be informed, and they need to be voting. And this midterm election is very important because the control of the Congress determines how far he can go with the policies that he's advancing. Psalm 19 says, who will stand up against this evil for me? Who will take a stand against these evildoers? If you don't go vote, you are not taking a stand against evil because we have to vote for, among other things, to start the process of driving the evil out of this country that we've brought into it. The Supreme Court started that process. We've got to continue it now. And, and folks, I would say not only do we need to vote, but you need to help other people register in your church and in your community and your family and make sure they vote as well. General Boykin, great to have you on the program as always and encourage everyone to get a copy of Strong and Courageous. You can find it online. Go to TonyPerkins.com. Good to see you. Good to be with you, Tony. All right. And, folks, it's great to have you with us as well. Check out the website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you. And men in uh, drive, within driving distance of Atlanta, Georgia, remember, October the 8th, Stand Courageous Men's Conference. Find out more about it. Check out the website. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.